I really don't support uh, simply because we have seen that it has become destructive. So there is a lot of vandalism, there is a lot of theft, uh, people's businesses are being destroyed. And mandamano ni ya kila mtu kwa sababu hali ya uchumi umetuweka chini sisi sote so ningependa tu kuomba uwe kijana uwe mama uwe baba ule ambaye hata kwa payslip pay ambana an over 100000 this financial bill imetuaffect sisi sote natutaki mambo ya kuwaliu mali ya watu lakini tunataka maandamano ya sasa na polisi wa wajana na sisi lakini wakitaka kusikaribu na sisi tutaandamana na The sound bites from Kenyans clearly indicate a divided nation. The common issue that persists is the issue of the high cost of living, but opinion clearly varies on whether protesting is the solution. President William Ruto and Azimio leader Raila Odinga, the main figures in this division, continue to hold firm positions. President Ruto asserts that protests are illegal and dismisses Odinga, while the former Prime Minister insists on persistently pressuring the government to address the raised concerns and improve the quality of life. Amidst the ongoing exchanges, it is crucial for these two leaders to find a truce and establish a path forward for the country. The opposition is now preparing for a three-day protest starting this Wednesday, potentially making it one of Kenya's shortest weeks due to the expected confrontation. Unfortunately, last Wednesday's protest resulted in the regrettable loss of 23 lives and widespread property destruction across the nation. Religious leaders are urging President Ruto and Raila to engage in dialogue, recognizing the urgent need to prevent further loss of lives and unnecessary destruction. The question remains who will persuade the leaders to listen. This is the key issue we aim to discuss this evening on Global Digest with myself, Davis Ayega, and my colleagues, Lebanon Ambisi and Irene Mwangi. Welcome, lady and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Davis. Mm-hmm. Sana. So the country is possibly staring at a crisis owing to the prevailing situation of the protests which have been called by the Azimio coalition. With President Ruto and Raila hold, holding their hardline positions, uh, let me start with Laban. Who do you think needs to be the bigger man here and initiate some sort of dialogue? I, I, I don't think it's an issue of being a bigger man or a smaller man. It's more understanding what is at stake. Yeah. So if you understand what's at stake, then you can more or less decide how to address it. Because you you might decide, um, the president may decide, okay, fine, I've seen what is the issue. How can I go about it without necessarily um, having to reach across the lines to bring in um, the Azimio leader? Because the, uh, the issue on the table is, are you listening to what the people are saying? Even if you listen to your vox pops, there are people who are saying um, the mandamanos are not helping anyone. So Israel are listening. Irene Mwangi, the president uh, recently on Saturday, he held a crisis meeting with some members of the Kenya-Kwanza uh, alliance where it, uh, they came up with uh, numerous resolutions to tame Raila Odinga going forward in reference to the matters protest. And the key of the issues they resolved to arrive, they arrived at is that uh, there will be no handshake. And uh, this just goes to show that uh, President William Ruto is not entertaining the idea of a handshake and he is still being dismissive of Raila Odinga with this protest. From what was arrived at during the meeting, what do you think needs to be done differently from the side of the president, especially as we are going to, we are anticipating Wednesday's protest, which have been called by the Azmio coalition? First of all, let's start from the point that Um, this man, Raila Odinga, is untamable uh, because um, since the Moi era, <coughs> since the time of um, the late President Daniel Arap Moi, um, he, he was a president who cut out the look of a total man, but still he could not tame 
um Raila Odinga the man so what of now that we are having president William Ruto who is a political student of um Raila Odinga so from that particular point and looking into the discussion that happened um on Saturday morning by the Kenya Kwanza Alliance parliamentary group meeting the resolutions will not um solve the current crisis that we are having right now because they looked um at the issues from a more uh, more from a political uh, angle from more from a political way of seeing things and once um they laid down the agenda which appeared to be more of bullish they were sort of putting this issue into um Kenya Kwanza Azimio game yet the, the concern has morphed into an economic crisis because now we are talking about the high cost of living which has now been escalated by the finance bill 2023 which uh, it is yet to be implemented and to come into force but by the way of things and the way um, the Kenya Kwanza government has remained bullish it is only a matter of days before this thing um is implemented which will again cause the increased um cost of living so the Kenya Kwanza parliamentary group meeting failed to look into the concerns that are being raised here it was not from a united point of view but more of the winners of the august 9th election yet what we saw last week in terms of the azimio demonstrations it was not uh, a demonstration of odm zones it was more of a national outlook given that we had pockets of demonstrations across um several counties so what happened um on saturday in terms of that parliamentary group meeting will only escalate the issue further laban one of the issues that was arrived at during the meeting is that the leaders resolved to have uh, their supporters on the ground confront the azimio supporters who will be demonstrating clearly this is a recipe for chaos because what the alliance the government is trying to do is trying to devolve the chaos is to to the grassroots level with if in the case where we'll be able to see now the Kenya Kwanza supporters and Azimio supporters clashing this is a big problem for the country you agree it is it is a big problem in the sense that the pro, the issue that was on the table was social social economic but by by now instructing your members of parliament your governors to uh, to ask their people to go and also demonstrate to show support for government you've turned it into a political issue now that means you are losing sight of what you intended to do and even for the presidency you're you're now showing that you really are not with it it's the one thing that he kept accusing his predecessor of that the, his predecessor focused on bbi more than what Kenyans were going through now in his case he's focusing on trying to paint the picture that he still has the ground while the ground was actually telling him on 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 Wednesday last week um when you saw clips from from as far as Nyeri as far as Meru basically saying look we are suffering with uh, just because of your co- the the fuel prices going up we are suffering because of xyz can you do something we we gave you a mandate we sat with you here we gave you a mandate you are obviously not achieving that mandate so can we get can we go back to that point where we were talking about issues that are sensitive to us and forget about the politics your clips are saying the same thing we don't care about raila odinga we don't care about william ruto we just want our issues sorted out so that we can move and uh, that is the critical um function of any government provide an opportunity provide a, a, a conducive environment so that any citizen can live out his dream i didn't clearly the former prime minister seems to be gaining some political currency when it comes to these demonstrations mm-hmm. and uh, Laban has touched on uh, that the number of counties that participated in last week's demonstrations what is your focus as we look forward to Wednesday Thursday mm-hmm. and Friday are we going to see the demonstrations escalate and uh, if not in the interim what can the government especially president william ruto do to ensure mm-hmm. that this protest really don't take place on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday 
I think um, right now it's it is too early to anticipate absolute mayhem when it comes to um, the Azimio demonstrations, but it will be naive not to think that the um, demonstrations will not escalate into into violence in terms of standoff if they continue. What Raila Odinga, the art that Raila Odinga has mastered over time is to paint something into a way that it resonates with Mwanainche. When we first started with these um, demonstrations, um, what came into fore was the issue of IBC, open the servers and all of that. But now they have sat down and calculated and, uh, and, 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 and saw that the issue of IBC and the issue of opening the servers or who won and who lost and whistleblowers and all of that is not quite a catchy um, agenda to, to sell to, to, to the locals. And now, what a better time to to instigate the issue of high cost of living when we are having this uh, finance bill 2023 that is set to affect all, including those who are under the payroll, those employed by government and also um, the private sector. So given that he has managed to win in that particular aspect, that whatever he's agitating for is affecting people across all cadres, whether they're in the formal, for, formal or informal sector, that that one is the first goal or the first um, attainment of, of, of victory when it, when it comes to looking into this whole thing. We escalated further to now what next when you look into um these particular demonstrations when we look into what happened um during the last uh, term of uh, president uhuru Kenya, former president uhuru kenyatta for him to how now have the handshake it was a similar scenario the, the momentum that we're having right now is what happened then to the point that um, Odinga um, uh, sworn himself as the people's president. Before that particular step, um, hundreds of people had died and, and, and scores were injured. It is the same momentum that um, ODM leader Raila Odinga is now building. Only that he has said that we will not be having a, a handshake, but we may not have a handshake, but there is something else that will come into place to quell the, the, the animosity that we are seeing between the two political divide. So if at all the government will maintain um, their stand that um, this thing will, 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 will be implemented, whether you like it or not, or the way we are conducting things as a regime is the way it's supposed to be due to the issue of uh, budget deficit and also the issue of debt repayment, then... Uh, Odinga will get uh, a more uh, robust movement in terms of um, agitating for, for, for this particular issue. You see, for him, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's two way. It's a political tool, and again, it's an issue of sabotaging um, the government uh, in the aspect of if the finance bill uh, will not be implemented and it had been put in place to implement some of the agendas by, by the government, then the Kenya Kwanza regime is on the losing end. And the more time Kenyans will wait before they see um, the changes that they, they want to see, that the, uh, President William Ruto is, is singing about each and every time he, he, he addresses the public. So this thing will, will, will quite um, take a toll on the government and it will be... Uh, well-organized and more orchestrated uh, moving forward if at all the government does not come in to see what is the way forward. We may not have a handshake, yes, but things in politics, the more things change, the more they look the same. It may not be a handshake in, in this particular regime. We might call it a political hug that will happen between Odinga <laughs> and, and, and Ruto, but something must happen for, for this thing, to, for the demonstration to, to, to be called off. It's more or less um, an issue of a political ceasefire over time yeah. you've seen it happening over um, um, when we had the first rounds or first round second round of mandamanos yeah where you get to a point where there's um, a lull and government gets to work gets to purport to work but doesn't really um doesn't really score when it needs to score why does um um the azimio leader look like he's he's actually with the people because President Ruto fail, has failed to deliver on the one promise he, he said he will deliver on the moment he puts the Bible down, which is, I will, I will sort out the cost of living. For the first three months, he kept on, on his, him and his deputy and some of the people in his leadership kept on telling us 
um, the price of unga has gone down, even to the point of they went. There was um, a, 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 a product that was introduced in the market for like two days and then vanished. I remember telling you some time back that I actually went and saw everything else had the same the same high price, but this one unga had uh, had a hundred bob, but now it's no longer there. Question: Where did it go? But you see, the thing is. The president failed on that one, that one, um, that one, that one job that he said he's so good at. Mm-hmm. So now, Raila is one of those those people who will always punish you on that one thing that you've that you failed. Um, the the conversation around the handshake, I really don't think there's anyone on either side of that divide who wants to sit to be to be um, to be brought into an outfit called a handshake grand coalition government or anything of that nature they are they are more they are more comfortable in the in in the arrangement that they are in right now where at some point we will clash and at another point we will go our separate ways and let you try to do whatever you need to do but as of now it seems government not being able to 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 do what it needs to do it's actually working in the favor of uh, the former prime minister. Okay, call it a handshake, call it the political hug, call it a ceasefire. It is evident that there is public anger, and uh, which is one thing that the former prime minister is trying to exploit. Because when you listen to all Kenyans from all the sides of the political divide, Kenyans are frustrated. Mm-hmm. The high cost of living is a burden to all of us. Mm-hmm. And just like Laban, you said, the president failed on that one thing to reduce the cost of living of living which he was very vocal about during mm-hmm. the campaigns but unfortunately he's having a hard time to deliver on that promise so the question here is laban what does he need to do differently to control the narrative and appeal to those supporters of his that the the, the journey to bringing down the cost of living is still on course uh, you know uh, the one I don't know what he he needs to do. Um, let's start with the issue of Unga. When he came into office, if you remember, a few a few weeks later, we were told there was supposed to be um, imported flour, the imported flour, imported rice that was supposed to come into the country that would help in bringing down the cost of of uh, of, of Unga and rice. Those things we were told they showed up, but what has happened? We are still at the same level. We are still at not the hundred the hundred bob that we were promised, but it's not avail it's not um, affordable to the hustler, right? Now you have another conversation that I heard him say the other the other day that he said, "Give us another two weeks, another two months, when we will now go to the farms and basically harvest what we have planted. We promise you that we are going to have a bumper harvest." And it kind of reminds me of what Kimani Shungwa said during the campaigns. He said, what we are only doing is we are selling Kenyans hope. Without hope, you won't live to tomorrow. So you, I think constantly, we'll just find ourselves hanging on to every word they're just saying. So what does he need to do? Um, I think change his messaging and stop promising. Oh, stop promising and you haven't delivered. It's like telling you I'll buy your lunch tomorrow. Uh, lunch lunchtime arrives tomorrow and I'm like I'll buy you forget about that lunch I'll even buy you dinner and breakfast tomorrow the next day and we just keep going and going and going so I think he needs to look for a quick win Hustler Fund was a, a quick win so how now do you get the young men young women who do not have um, an income to now start having income you can't wait for your housing project to start Look for something else. Um, kazi, 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 kazi mtaani maybe can work. Yeah, look for something else that will help at least those young men, young women who are whenever they hear there's a mandamano, they are willing to come out. I think the president seems to be making a lot of effort in appealing to outsiders because we've seen him in recent days when he's talking, especially when he's out outside the country or when he is even hosting some international leaders in the country he fashions himself himself as a pan-africanist who 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 is very appealing but when it comes to matters locally he's very dismissive 
of the prevailing situation that is happening in the country he doesn't want to 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 talk to the opposition and chat away forward he's banning protest he's saying that he will not entertain the idea of a handshake or a political hug or any kind of a ceasefire is 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 he is he concerned really that the country is losing because last week we saw the Kenya private sector member say that the country lost 3 billion shillings last week on Wednesday and this is likely to persist so that is when you do the compilation that is 9 billion shillings this week if at all the Azimio coalition makes good their threat and proceed with the demonstration is the president really really worried Irene Um whether the president is worried or not um is not up to his uh, prerogative because you know the way the look of things and we are, if you are ha- if you are to have demonstration you know three days in a week or every single uh, day in in a week i think um it will be quite unbearable for a country who, which is now relying on taxes to finance most of their operations and i think him appearing to be a panaf an africanist even the sentiments he made um uh, the other uh, yesterday during the 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 AU meeting um is to show what african countries are, are facing because each and every african country is facing the burden of uh, the issues of liquidity and um uh, paying debt which is affecting all the african countries and they, they in their single states have found solution into how they will deal with that particular situation only that for him in his country the solution that he has put in place to solve the crisis that we are facing as african states is not quite working out the opposition is having their their, their way in terms of sabotaging the plans he has put in place to to solve some of these particular uh, issues we will give it to him that um what we are facing right now did not start after the august 9th 2022 general election it started the economic crisis started um during the tail end of um the late president mwai kibaki regime and the 10 years that uh, former president huru kenyatta had did not quite um alleviate the situation we had the issues of um increased uh, borrowing and the issue of untamable corruption which only worsened things to to for us to have um the high cost of living so what kenyans are facing right now and what President William Ruto is n- is not quite getting into terms with is that the waiting time is unbearable because we started facing the issue of high cost of living since um the tail end of um President Mwai Kibaki's regime that's when things started um going um downwards and then we're having the the, the 10 years of uh, former president um Uhuru Kenyatta which um Ruto served as a deputy president and then now we are having him as president only for him to say that he will not give in to quick fixes in terms of the subsidies and a- any other solution in terms of reducing taxes to to solve this particular issue so if he is to continue with a strong strong arm tactic of saying that this is the path i'm going to take regardless of if kenyans are suffering you know you'll only suffer for only a, a-, a few years which we are not quite sure because he has turned out to be the man who changes the the goalpost every now and then so you cannot quite predict how long Kenyans will have the situation of high cost of living because of changing the goalpost every now and then but i think he will be cornered to the extent that he will have to put in place uh, f- put in place quick fixes that his predecessors uh, put in place to alleviate the issue of high cost of living the subsidies he's talking about not putting in place he might be cornered to the extent that those subsidies is what he will go back to to solve the situation if at all the 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 azimio uh, brigade will continue with their demonstrations and and if this thing of demonstration and alleviating the high cost of living is not uh, nipped in the bud then then the kenya kwanza administration will will regle- will regret massively laban as we wrap up this conversation some kenya kwanza leaders are toying with the idea of uh having the former prime minister being arrested they have asked the relevant government agencies to ensure to ensure that uh, they bring Raila Odinga Raila Odinga is meant to be accountable for the, this demonstration what will be the impact in the event this arrest is made 
going forward uh, and as we wrap up this discussion uh, talk about the signature collection which was uh, is still ongoing by the Azimio coalition last week we saw the former prime minister launch the online signature collection initiative where he wants Kenyans to come out and be part of the exercise to among other things to topple president william ruto's administration level mm-hmm. a loaded question right there <laughs> <laughs> um the the effect or the impact of arresting um the former prime minister i think it's one of those things that you'd have to wait and see it's something that you can't play out um but you'd the only thing that you can actually go back to is um during the ibc um uh, interviews there is a commissioner who used to work in the in the in the N- ncic who came before that commission and they were uh, he was asked what was the toughest decision you ever had to make and he said in around 2017 they wanted to arrest the former prime minister for remarks that he had made that bordered on hate speech and they made the resolution as a commission and then they sent that um that um that advisory to the head of civil service by then Joseph Kinyua and Joseph Kinyua called back with only one question asking them which police station will you take him to and they said that ended that topic right there and then will things be different if president william ruto <coughs> in one of his meetings orders the arrest of raila odinga will things be different then i don't know because the what do you call it the the um, the constitution basically says uh, the modicolum the ig is not supposed to be taking orders from anyone he's supposed to act independently so if the ig finds that there is a probable cause to arrest uh, the former prime minister and the dpp agrees then yes you 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 can act i don't think the ig needs he's a he's a seasoned police officer he doesn't need to be advised by someone else uh, by a, a civilian on how to do his work but again like joseph kenyo was basically putting across to to the ncic there are some things that you have to weigh how do you handle it do you if you if you actually um effected that arrest will you remain will you still have a nation all put laban we are taking a quick short commercial break this is global digest with me devis saega laban onambisi and iren mwangi This is Global Digest. We are back. We have just uh, concluded that discussion of Azimio coalition moving ahead with the intention to hold demonstration for 3 days straight beginning uh, Wednesday, Thursday and uh, Friday and now we are crossing over to regional matters where we'll be talking about the Iranian president Ibrahim Raisi's visit uh, a 3 day rare vi- visit in the African continent where he visited uh, Kenya Uganda and Zimbabwe. So, Lavan, the last time the African continent had a visiting, had a sitting president visit the continent was back in 2012 when we saw president uh, the former president Muhammad uh, visit uh, several countries including Benin, Ghana and uh, I think Senegal. And this time around uh, the continent uh, played host to the Iranian leader President Rais. Before we go into the specifics what he what what good is he brought in Kenya, Uganda and Zimbabwe what stood out for you during his visit in the continent um, I, I think the mere fact that you, you we were I think Kenya is the only one that kind of stood out in the sense that Kenya seems to be a blue-eyed boy of uh, the west yeah um Uganda Zimbabwe usually play play with whoever they want who com- whoever comes to the playing ground but Kenya has always been a, a, a blue-eyed boy of the west but in this case um I remember someone actually pointing out that 
President Ruto's um, foreign foreign policy is a bit difficult to understand because he seems to be embracing everyone and anyone who comes along. Um, when he started here. When he started his um his 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 term in office, he was so close to the Americans, the British, and he's actually thrown away the Chinese, who his predecessor and President Kibaki were were, were very close with, and then he is now also reaching out to the Ara to the Arabian uh, states, so it's kind of difficult to see how he will be juggling the, the the balls to ensure that at one point he doesn't end up upsetting one side um for instance if you look at the iran visit one of the things that were coming up is will kenya does it mean kenya has changed its um its stand in regards to what is going on in ukraine yeah because russia uh, you uh, iran is known to be is said to be financing or to be providing equipment war equipment to Russia. So what does that mean? And even there was a time that Kenya hosted the Russian Foreign Affairs Minister. So does it mean that we are we are now taking um, sides in that whole conversation? But if you look on 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 the ground on in terms of the UN and everything else, Kenya has more or less claimed that it is it is um indifferent it is a political to this to that uh, conversation it it wants uh, what the president likes saying it wants a win-win out of that um, situation Irene, Laban has raised very fundamental points because when you look at uh, the similarities that Iran and Kenya shares there appears to be none but when you look at what Uganda and Zimbabwe and Iran have in common these are countries which are facing sanctions mm-hmm. from the western countries and uh, the big question here is so why Kenya considering his visit to Kenya was marred by confusion we saw uh, different officials state government officials issuing contradictory statements on the arrival of the Iranian president so even before assessing that situation that brought embarrassment to Kenya so why Iran Irene why Kenya um, I, I think um, the reason why the the Iran president visited um, Kenya is because when you look into the the East African nations Kenya stands out uh, as as the powerhouse um, looking into the other economies and therefore it will have been a bit uh, you know futile to for a country that is forging for new alliances and, and is facing the effects of the US sanctions not to visit Kenya when it looks at uh, having strategic partners not only in East Africa but um in Africa as, as a continent but you you raised a pertinent issue as to um what um they were looking into what president raisi was looking into uh, while while visiting uh, the african continent and why now after after uh, more more than a decade and 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 what stood out is is that um some of the issues that raisi me- president raisi mentioned in terms of what they are looking into in africa as a state is africa's uh, mineral resources and you know the iran's uh, petrochemical experience that they will be investing in some of these african nations but the MOU that Kenya and um, Iran signed appeared not to address either of the issues that you know the, the two countries are, are enjoying. That the only thing that they focused on is the issue of ICT, the issue of fisheries, animal health, and livestock production. Yet we expected that what um, Iran will be looking into in terms of African continents is to enhance the issue of uh, petrochemical experience, given that. They have quite a robust um, system in terms of nuclear power, and that is what um, was part of the MOU that they signed with Uganda. But here in Kenya, they focus on um, sectors that are not quite massive. Um, when it looks, when you look into uh, what the Iran country was foca- was focused on um, in terms of investing in Africa, so. What Lawana said in terms of President William Ruto of uh, appearing to welcome all and having no issue with any particular state, whether they're on this side or this other side, if you want to look it um, into the Ukraine-Russia war, you will clearly see Iran is siding with 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 Russia, and Kenya having that sort of a neutral aspect, it will tell you that 
um, the, the the visit was not to uh, put um, Iran as one of the key um, trade countries with Kenya, but it was only from a point of seeing what do you have and what we have and how can we work together. And this is the much we can give you and that is the much we can take. Um, let's move forward, but not really strategically, given that we do not uh, face similar um, issues like what Uganda will say, given that these people are facing US sanctions, they have something in common. We don't quite have uh, much in common in terms of um, the trade and also um, the global aspect. So Laban President Raisi described his visit to Kenya as a turning point in the development of relations between the two countries. And uh, Irene has mentioned of the MOUs which were signed between the two countries and here the two nations signed a five memoranda of understanding covering information technology, investment, fisheries and other areas. And later, during the, the joint press briefing, President Ruto told reporters that uh, his Iranian counterpart had also shared plans to set up a plant in the port of city of Mombasa to manufacture an indigenous Iranian vehicle that has now been given the Kiswahili name Kifaru, meaning rhino. This is good for the country. And uh, from what was signed, is it is it safe to say that President William Ruto really is in a mission to court world leaders who tend to boost his agenda for the country because President Ruto is very big on uh, creating jobs for the millions of unemployed youth. So is this one thing that the president is really keen on, having these leaders come into the country and boost his agenda of of empowering uh, the millions of the youth who are unemployed at the moment? Because when you look at this Kifaru factory, it will create jobs for the people of the coastal region. So is this one thing that the president is really focused on, that regardless of either west or east, uh, if any leader comes into the country and brings goodies, it's well for it's it's good for his administration. It looks like it looks like yes, he's 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 more willing to accommodate um, different views, different um, leaders who have different standings. Yeah, but it goes back to your f- to the first conversation point we had how how does an investor look at the country um for instance so they say so he said he's the one who announced that uh president Raisi has agreed to come and 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 build a, a motor vehicle assembly plant here in Kenya but if you look at what Uganda got Uganda got an oil refinery Uganda is a landlocked country uh, an oil refinery ideally should have been <laughs> placed <Yeah. laughs> to the country that has a port, right? So I guess also our politics kind of denies us some of these chance, some of these um, opportunities that ideally should make us what Irene uh, is saying a powerhouse. And uh, sometimes I actually think we are the ones who who give who who make our our heads just look so big. Maybe we are not exactly that powerhouse. <laughs> I think I think the question here, Laban, that uh, we we sh- I'm sure all of us in the room uh, have in our minds was President Rice's visit to Kenya hijacked, considering the confusion that was there, because initially he was to arrive in the country. Was it on Mon- on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. But then he, the, he, he, he met President William Bruto on Wednesday. And when you look at these MOUs, we seem to have gotten the lesser deal, considering, like you've mentioned, Uganda got an oil refinery deal. And in Zimbabwe, he signed a record 12 agreements with President Emerson Munangangwa. As you ponder on that, Laban, Irene, in, Zim- in Uganda, President Yoweri Museveni was happy to receive President Raisi. And during his visit there, President Raisi was very vocal about uh, he condemned the Western nations who are rooting for homosexuality in Africa. Does this portend bad tidings for Uganda, who hosted the president in matters uh, LGBTQ, considering President Yoweri Museveni recently signed the anti-gay bill into law and uh, some of the Western countries have since threatened to impose sanctions in the country? I think um, the, the the visit by President Raisi to Uganda will and one on and the the same the similar visit to, to Kenya will will send a statement in terms of looking at the MOU that was signed by the by, by the, the two different countries. 
as we said earlier, Uganda and and Iran are facing um, similar um, predicaments in terms of the U.S. sanctions. U.S. sanctions have been dreaded by most states, especially African countries, because of the huge dependence that we have uh, on the U.S. in terms of trade and also some of these aids that we get um, from from these countries. And therefore, the message that President Raisi was sending to uh, President Yoweri Museveni is that we, we, we are in this together and, and our bilateral agreements in terms of trade can help us overcome the crippling nature of the U.S. sanctions. And that's why um, over the recent times you have seen that countries who are having bad blood with some of these Western countries are sort of forming a formidable, formidable unit uh, as one unit to, to overcome the negative effects of, of some of these sanctions. And that's why you're seeing um, what the, 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 the agreement we had and the agreements that Uganda had are quite different to show that we are not on the same level when it comes to the relationships uh, between um, the, the, the two countries, that is Iran and Kenya and Iran and Uganda. So what we saw in Uganda was a statement to say that we can overcome the, 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 the U.S. sanctions by having more robust um, bilateral bilateral agreement in terms of trade. And it's the same thing even when you look into China. They usually quote countries that are facing um, negative um, 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 issues with the Western nations or that have been sidelined by, by the Western uh, nations. So this is all about the politics of um, um, doing away with, with the huge dependence when it comes to Western countries because it really really takes a toll on a country, especially African states, that uh, hugely depend on, on, on some of these countries. And and that's why w we saw the, the kind of MOU that uh, that Kenya signed with, 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 with Iran, of course, showing that it's an issue of Iran finding new alliances to, to, to boost them moving forward, given the, the, the U.S. sanctions. So, Laban Bakunyu, was, was really the visit of President Rice in the country planned, first of all? before we get into what Zimbabwe really got out of this deal from Iran? It seems like it was planned, but um, the the execution part of it is what seems to be like it was a problem um, to the extent that we almost missed out. And we, we it's like you had planned to travel from, from Kisi to Nairobi, for instance, but you knew your bus is leaving at 8 o'clock. And then instead of showing up at the stage at 8 o'clock, you, you waited and you are showing up at 8.30. Now you're starting to make calls, frantic calls. Wait for me, I am coming. I'm just here. And that's, uh, that's what it looks like. It looks like we are a bit disorganized. yeah. And it looks like we, we, we got the breadcrumbs instead of the real bread um, for, for, for argument's sake. But at the end of the day, if you, if you look at what the, um for, for instance the form the the president was talking about he was talking about um in terms of investment they want to have um iran bring more stuff more more of their stuff here and if you listen to what president ruto has been saying over and over again is we want to cut the number of import um stuff that are coming outside the country and give the davis the Irons, the laban more opportunity to 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 make to make the furniture to give us the their carpets and stuff like that um i think this also <coughs> has um an effect on this um face that people are trying to create on online that uh, president ruto is now the president of africa <laughs> he, it kind of took it kind of took a dent because there there are things that he has been going around the the, the African continent saying um, that seems to excite online online people right when for instance he tells African heads of state that you need to we need to to dump the dollar in favor of something else or we need to Africa needs to have one solid voice and stuff like that if you look if you look back there are people who have said that. Yeah, but the only difference with, for instance, President Gaddafi, President Mugabe, is that they had they had the voice to say it. They had that in they had that backing 
to say it to the extent that if the West said we are going to lock you out, we are going to put sanctions on you, their countries would go on. Quick question. If the West, for instance, decided, okay, you are the one who's threatening that people should dump the dollar, how about we put sanctions on you? Can Kenya continue moving on? Food for thought. As we switch gears to the international segment where we'll be handling two issues, a judge in Italy shocked the world with his ruling on uh, groping. And then now we'll end it with uh, the ruling that came out from UK. Former city's Benjamin Mendy was acquitted of all rape and attempted rape charges. So Irene, a judge in Italy, sparked outrage after he cleared a school caretaker of groping a teenager because he did not last long. So according to the judge, the bone of contention was whether it counts as a sexual harassment if an assault lasts less than 10 seconds. The case involved a 17-year-old student at a Rome high school. Irene, when you first encounter this story, what was the first thing that ran into your mind? First, I thought, um, with the ruling saying that um, it was not more than 10, ten seconds. seconds. So you, you questioned, you questioned how, how long is long enough? Does it mean that it being done within four seconds is not uh, a, a violation enough, a sexual violation enough? And therefore, you 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 will you will it it would that ruling would now create a situation whereby people are committing that particular sexual violation with the aspect that there is a threshold into how far it can be termed to be a violation. So from where I, I sit, I was like, okay, so how long is 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 long enough? And also for him to make that particular ruling, the incident happened in 2022. Um, a year on sitting down, comprehending, looking into other jurisdiction, and now deciding that, you know, ten seconds it did not uh, pass the threshold of ten seconds. I think, for me, where I sit, it it is unfair ruling. Those who believe in in, in the Bible will say they are told that even from the thought you want to do something, that thought is 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 a violation enough. You can imagine the action. So this one, I I, I don't understand. But anyway, they'll have their way. It's their law. Levan, clearly this judge is uh, has a family. He has a mother. He has probably siblings who are sisters. He has aunties who are relatives. Should he be investigated following the ruling? Does Really, the world need to understand his background and know what really informed him, his decision because 10 seconds is it's 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 a bit perplexing. You agree? Uh, you know, when you first asked the question, it actually took Irene 10 seconds to get to <laughs> the point where she said 10 seconds. I was looking actually at, <laughs> at, the, at the clock in the studio and even during the that trial or at some point there is a video that was shared and there was a young girl who actually posted a video and basically showed that um that action for 10 seconds and they were like okay yeah but i would ideally one of the judicial reviews if they have them in italy would be what made him go that route the route of how long what constitutes um what the constitutes of yes that. so what actually constitutes because there are some there's in some cases even um uh, it's unfortunately this is a family but in some cases just touching someone yeah. in a, in, a, in a, on on their body part one body part or another constitutes um a violation but in this case, maybe in Italy things are handled differently and you, you just never know. And you'll wonder, in Italy, when, when somebody wants to, you know, sexually violate you, do you now start counting the seconds to say, when you go to a court of law, you, you say, it was 11 seconds. The, guy, the, the, the gentleman touched me or the woman touched me for 11. You, you cannot, at that particular moment, you're just shocked, like, how could he do that or how could she do that so you cannot count how many seconds that an incident has happened to 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 table it as evidence in a court of law that indeed uh, this is a particular situation but that situation in, in italy is quite unique and i i will say 
interrogations need to be done on that particular judge to understand he made the ruling on which jurisdiction of which law you know some of this critical violation they will mm-hmm. check the jurisdiction of say in in France or in in Nigeria and put it together to come up with a solid um um ruling or a solid judgment this one would need to poke it further to understand from which which point we could be judging it maybe it is one of the toppest uh, minds to 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 come up with this particular ruling but this one needs to be poked a little further i think un united uh, united nations and other human rights bodies internationally could put in some funds to to investigate this particular issue yeah or even their version of jsc um should ideally take this thing up because i i would like to believe that if that same incident happened here in kenya you would have uh, numerous um petition complaints filed at the jsc at the with the judicial judiciary uh, ombudsman office basically trying to understand what exactly what exactly guided this this um this decision first and foremost at what point did you decide 10 seconds is what to quantify it who came up with the 10 seconds so i think the big the, the other question then will be so now what happens to the millions of italian women because this ruling would most definitely make a majority of them especially those ones who have been groped not to come out in public and seek justice I think not only italian women but even just women in the eu for instance yes. because um italy is a member of the, the european EU. union and it also comes on the backdrop of another issue that um for instance in japan there they the the bbc had this story that they were they had done an investigative piece on of people who used to what do you call it group people in the train and by by doing an investigation on it police were able to more or less address uh, arrest that issue so even in this case i think if um the outrage is is is, is sustained more or less we are supposed to see um a judicial review of whatever the italian judge um the italian judge said or ruled and then we should more or less see um some someone going through what exactly informed that ruling absolutely because maybe we are just hearing the story from a one one avenue maybe we need to understand from him maybe he thinks he has made a landmark <laughs> ruling that will now help other people do look at issues differently we most definitely hope that there will be a review in the coming days so we move on to our last topic and uh, former city defender Benjamin Mendy was acquitted of all the rape and attempted rape charges so he's been in and out of uh, the courts and for close to four months he was in prison where he was earning 740 shillings a day to feed himself so on Friday last week a UK court acquitted him of all the charges uh Laban I start with you from the court ruling we saw an emotional uh Benjamin Mendy who was really pressed to comment about uh, the the whole ordeal but the only thing that he had to say was alhamdulillah what's your reaction for, from 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 what was delivered in the court and uh, going forward Laban you you the way you've arranged your 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 topics is very <laughs> interesting on one on one case you are we are we are slamming a judge and on this case it's one of those ones that you you'd like to to believe that justice was done and in this case Mendy believes that justice was indeed done um from i think 2020 he basically was faced with this with this burden and it is a burden that doesn't go away yeah it's a burden that in the eu that there are certain countries that just won't allow you within their borders because of the way they 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 value how you treat women how you 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 basically carry women regardless no. of the court ruling No 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 uh, when the kit the case Before. was still okay, yeah, was still yeah. ongoing and yeah. you can imagine every time 
every time his name was being mentioned you can imagine even at uh, trying to play football your name is mentioned and this is this comes up what has happened to his footballing career so you can imagine when he when the court acquits him it basically it is a load a, a huge load of his his uh, his shoulders but what does he do now I think after the court ruling there was a lot of debate on uh, the issue surrounding hashtag #fear women. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> should, should, should women be concerned, worried uh, as we look into the future on how our relations with our sisters, our our our, our ladies uh, I wouldn't want to to condemn women because I'm a woman, um a strong woman at that point. But looking into this particular situation, I think for a majority of the stars, whether they're footballers, whether they're musicians, whether they're politicians, they usually fall uh, for the snare that might kill their careers and it's mo- mostly involves women. Benjamin was facing six uh counts of 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 rape and for him to be acquitted of all the six char- the six charges before him it is it was quite a relief and i think that's why even when you know the the media wanted to get his reaction he couldn't he couldn't um talk about the issue because it it it, it quite took a toll on him for close to a year that is since 2021 now we're talking about 2023 when the issue is on his back uh we had a retrial and now you know he has been acquitted of all the, the charges and now i think um for him is to look into the way forward in terms of rebuilding his life because if this could have gone the other way it means that his career will have been totally done and you see as you said a woman is involved sometimes it's it's the issue of either sexual abuse sexual violation the issues of rape and sometimes you'll find footballers being put at the center stage and it all goes down to to kill th- their careers and some of these people are quite you know quite talented so as you've said i'm not saying that people should fear women but again um one should be on the keen lookout into what is at stake you weigh a situation and see what is at stake because you might never know the trap that might be laid before you if at all it was a trap but for those who are found guilty of 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 some of these crimes i think they should be found culpable because some of these artists due to the perception of their stars they they take advantage and they 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 commit some of these crimes because some feel like you know they 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 are above the law so this issue has had a serious impact on Benjamin's career but I think now it's moving forward and seeing what's next in terms of rebuilding his life. Well put Irene, uh, Laban as we wrap up this said uh, uh discussion, what are his chances of making a comeback to football considering he's only 29 years of age? Is it done now with football? Uh he needs to do something else or he will be back. It depends with whether he's a match fit. Yeah because if yeah, any for any club to to consider signing you i think they'll also be looking at whether your 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 fitness your fitness is it, it can compete with what is in the market right now so yeah if probably he he thinks of going back into into football maybe he can but i doubt at 29 and I I really don't see it. He can he can maybe write go into writing a book or because he has a story to tell. Yeah, write a book or be one of those things that we see people turning into like Mika Mika Richards or Jamie Carragher or uh, Ray Kane become a football pundit. a football pundit and we see how it goes. But I honestly do think at, at this moment in time um he'll have fast to take some time out and just recollect get himself together and basically move on move on um build his life here yeah, yeah. Totally, I, I hope totally he doesn't agree. become a preacher though um, <laughs> because you know some of these things in life can 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 make you have a change in perception <laughs> about life i didn't want is a national fan just for the record Thank you Lebanon Ambisi, thank you Irene for coming on the show. My name is Davis Ayega and to you our dear 
listener thank you for tuning in and uh, catch up on the latest episode as well as previous episodes of global digest on capital fm soundcloud page or anywhere else you access your podcasts from thank you very much Mix of music